spawned a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbiner. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we'll be talking about birthdays, especially for older kids, how not to go crazy, how to make our teens and tweens happy, and Liz, maybe even save a little bit of money. I would like all of these tips, but I will be <laughs> offering some as well. <laughs> it works both ways. I love when I learn stuff from our own podcast. And as always, we'll close out our show with our cool picks of the week. We'll be back with our chat about birthdays for kids right after this. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Don't Wait Up, a candid, hilarious collection of essays on motherhood from Liz Ostroff, the award-winning TV comedy writer and producer of Two Broke Girls and The King of Queens. In this funny book of essays, Liz embraces the realities of motherhood that no one talks about. Perfect for folks who love books like our friend Jenny Lawson's Let's Pretend This Never Happened. Don't Wait Up is an honest look at parenting and relationships for moms who realize that motherhood does not have to be your entire life. Just an amazing part of it. You can pre-order Don't Wait Up at Amazon now. It's available July 30th wherever you buy books. This episode of Spawned is also brought to you by Osmo, a unique gaming accessory that brings healthy screen time to kids of all ages by combining both physical and digital interactions with play-based, hands-on learning. And hey, you might have seen it on Cool Mom Tech. This type of interaction can be extremely effective in teaching kids both traditional subjects like math and reading, as well as socio-emotional skills. And Osmo's in-house team of child development researchers, they work with the designers to make sure every game promotes these skills. And get this, Spawned listeners, you can try out these games for free. Get a free Osmo sampler, which includes five Osmo games for ages 4 to 10, focused on math drawing, creativity, and spatial awareness. Visit playosmo.com slash spawned. That's playosmo.com slash spawned to get your free Osmo sampler and see what everyone, including us, is buzzing about. That's playosmo.com slash spawned. Okay, Liz. So... Let's talk about birthdays. You know, we just relaunched our huge ultimate birthday gift guide. And I don't know about you. I'm sure you had birthdays on the brain because you were working hard on this. But it started to get me thinking about birthdays and birthday parties, especially since our kids are older now. And I don't know about you, but they just seem to be getting out of hand. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I know we've talked before about when our kids were younger. Years ago, we talked about preschool birthday parties. And that has its own set of challenges because when your kids are little, one, you have to invite everyone in the class. Two, as a parent, you go to a birthday every damn weekend because if you've yes. got like 20 kids in the preschool, that's 20 parties a year at least minimum, mm-hmm. right? Plus like the yes. siblings and everything else. So yeah, that's like got its own set of issues. But as our kids get older... It kind of starts to fragment more and like the issues become a little different. The gifting definitely becomes different. And so we thought this would be a good topic to tackle because I know a lot of parents like us are kind of like, well, what do I do now? Yeah, I feel similarly. And I have shared that I'm not a super fan specifically of like this school sort of obligatory birthday party, which I don't think I see as much as kids get older. I have an eight-year-old and I still get a lot of birthday invitations. I know that makes us sound so popular. 
popular, but really it's not because they just invite everybody in the class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad we're like past that. Yes. I don't see them as much now. Yeah. But. I mean, for our schools, like even with the middle schools, it's kind of like if it's your kid's birthday in their advisory, which is like homeroom, you can feel free to bring in a treat for everybody and that's it. Or people bring in like whatever, like a little toy for everybody or something like that. Usually it's, you know, cookies for all and that's about it. And it's not a big deal. And it's mostly just an opportunity to eat crap. <laughs> If I'm honest. Exactly. So, like, the kids are mostly like, cookies, not because it's their birthday and they want to be celebrated, but because they get an excuse to bring in their favorite treat. And we don't have one of those, like, no sweets ever schools. So, you know, the cookies are still Yeah, we do. We do. It's not really fun anymore to have a birthday at school. I mean, I think the teachers do their best to try to make it a fun experience for them, but it's not like it used to be, at least when I was a kid. You're like, here's some gluten-free flour and water. Make your own Play-Doh, kids. Exactly. Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I think we kind of have a similar view on this. So now that my kids are older, but even when they were younger, kind of their big thing was that they got to do something special with just me. You know, four kids in the house, doing something alone with your mom is really awesome. At least it used to be. But now I feel like it's difficult because the things they want to do with me are really expensive. They're like, let's go see Hamilton, mom. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or they want to hang out with their friends. And then I'm like, okay, great. Am I really going to have to plan a party for 27th graders? Like that is possibly my worst nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I have two different kinds of kids. So my younger one is the kid who like wants everyone to be included. So she may have three close friends and then 10 acquaintances. And then there's 14 other kids where she's like, oh, but I have to invite them. Next thing you know, she's like, mom, what can we do with 32 kids? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> you can sit with them at lunch in the cafeteria and they can sit to you. My older daughter, though, her birthday is in July. Like, your older daughter, they're a day apart. And so it's different for her, first of all, because none of her friends are in town. Poor kid. But also, she has a smaller group of tight friends. And so the thing she wants is a little different. She's less about, like, needing to be with a lot of kids and more about, like you said, can we go to Hamilton? So, um you know, for me, it's mostly trying to figure out, first of all, what's the balance, especially when you have siblings, because I definitely hear like, oh, this one had a party and I haven't had a party for two years. But then I'm like, on the other hand, you are a different kid and you don't always want to have parties. So I think that's like another issue that parents grapple with that we don't talk about a lot, which is being equitable. And I talk to them about how being fair isn't always being the same. Yes. I'll be like, such look, a great you point. got Broadway tickets and she got to you know, take four friends to a ropes course. And so it's not that she had a bigger party. It's like you had different things that were of interest to you. And I have to kind of remind them that doing something you love is what's important, not that you're keeping up with your sibling. (laughs) That's such a great point, because I feel like that happens very easily in a big family. You know, kids are like, well, so-and-so had a party. I want a party. And I'm like, but do you really want a party? Or do you just want a party because your sibling did or someone in your class did? Because you really don't love of being around all those people, <laughs> you know, so know what your kid likes. Yeah, it's true. And then we have it with the stepsisters as well, because 
you know, one of them has a birthday in June. So she'll have a big extravaganza with her friends back home. And then a few weeks later, she's here. And so then the expectations are like, okay, now we'll all have like a, a second birthday party here. And then the next day will be Thalia's big birthday party here because like, you know, we're all seeing each other. So mostly we're just finding lots of opportunities to go out to dinner, which is what we tend to do for our birthdays. And it keeps things simple. That's our tradition is everyone gets to like pick a fun place for their birthday. See, I love that idea. And we do that either we go out or we'll stay in and let the kids kind of pick what they want and oftentimes it'll be something super wacky like we're fine if it's all carbs that night then go for it or if it's like a pasta bar which I guess is basically all carbs no one really ever chooses a salad bar but that's okay but we kind of <laughs> let kids pick whatever weird things they want and I think doing those kinds of fun kind of kooky things I don't know about you but like for us that makes the day special and it doesn't have to be that expensive nor does it require a ton of planning. Yeah, for, I, I agree. Like I mean, it. for us, like eating carbs all night is pretty much Wednesday. So <laughs> that's not a birthday special thing per se, but the picking out the dessert you want is a big deal. And one year, Sage insisted, oh God, Kristen, she really wanted to have the lemon pound cake oh, from I Starbucks. Remember. I remember this. We were this. helping for her birthday, and she had, like, <laughs> that was one of those years where she had, like, 25 kids over for what they call a sleep under. And by the way, this is a great tip yes. for our parents who are listening, for kids who are, like, older grade school to, you know, even older. A sleep under basically means you have a big group of friends. They come over. They eat pizza. They watch a movie. They play some games if you're lucky enough to have Kristen around who can entertain all the kids. <laughs> they eat cake and they often do it in their pajamas. And then it gives the parents a chance to go out and have drinks and have dinner. Come pick up the kids at like 9, 9, 30, 10, whatever you decide at night. And then they go home. Yes. Tired. It's the beauty so it, of it. It's, it's a so win beautiful. for everybody. It does. Because then I don't have to have 30 kids sleeping in my house. And all the parents get a chance to go out and have fun. And it's like, it works out really great. It's Sleep under. And so apparently the kids still talk about that years later. They want to have sleep unders. So that's pretty fun. But yeah, anyway, back to the lemon pound cake. She decided she wanted to have lemon pound cake for 20 kids. Do you know how much those damn things are each slice? Oh my gosh. They're like four bucks or whatever. Do they give discounts if you buy the entire box of it? No, they do not. <laughs> and what I did not know until it was too late is that with kids who are, let's say, 10 or 11, you can pretty much cut each slice into halves thirds, maybe even quarters, and everybody's fine, as opposed to buying 20 slices of lemon pound cake. It was the most expensive birthday cake we ever did ever, and I'm never doing that again. <laughs> that was my biggest fail. Mom fail. Oh. We had so much left over. It was disgusting. But it's the one thing she really wants. Usually, it's something simple, though. Like, when Thalia was little, all she wanted was to be able, because we're, uh, okay, I'm snobby about some things. I'm not a fan of whipped cream in a can. I feel like it's so easy to like whip up whip your own whipped cream and taste so much better. And so her birthday wish every year from her grandma was that she could get whipped cream from a can and spray it right into her mouth and eat it that way. Oh, and so well, that's for easy. Years, that was her birthday dessert. That's awesome. I love it that. It was cheap and easy. Definitely not like the lemon pound cake. <laughs> and now she likes key lime pie. So she wants a key lime pie with the whipped cream on it. Her taste has gotten a little more sophisticated. Well, that's perfect. I mean, yeah, it's nice. here's the thing. You have to look at what's special for your kids. Because sometimes 
sometimes picking dessert, maybe if they do pick their own dessert every night, you know, if they do help picking dinner during the week. I know a lot of kids are even helping make dinner, which is awesome, but that's not, maybe that's not special to them. So figure out what feels special about that. But I love the idea of that it's gathering people together, right? Like even if it's like just a few people or a bunch of people, you are gathering people in some way to celebrate. And to me, that's what it's all about. So for us, family is still a really big deal. And I'm lucky that we have all four grandparents around and nearby. So that means that there's sometimes a lot of dinners as well. So the kids get like a little spoiled on all the dinners. And then once I feel like, okay, well, we had a dinner with grandma and papa. And then we had a dinner with grandpa and grammy. And then you have a dinner with the family. I'm like, no parties. We had three dinners. (laughs) So that's kind of sometimes what we do also. You know, like it doesn't always have to be the party. You know, sometimes they can just invite like one special friend to come to the dinner with us or something like that. What do you do when the kids are like, I want a party. I want to be around my friends. Because I know you have some of your kids are a little more social than others. Yeah, absolutely. This past year, Drew, my 12-year-old, really wanted to have a party with like five or six of his friends from school. And I think it's important to just figure out what party means. Like, do you want to do an activity? Do you just want to have friends over? Like, what does party mean? And for him, he just wanted to like hang with them out somewhere. So we ended up doing something that actually was pretty expensive. And we went go-kart racing. So that's what we did for his birthday. And you know what? He's a January birthday. So he tends to get the shaft because of Christmas being so close. So Uh. I'll kind of go a little bit more out of my way for Drew. And the other kids just kind of know that that's the way it is. So he gets like the dual birthday gifts. He does. Christmas gifts from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we did for him. You know, my other kids, they wanted to go out to dinner with a couple of their friends. We got hibachi. You know, I forget what Bridget did for her birthday. She kind of changes her mind every few minutes. In fact, she's already planning it, and her birthday is in October. So, oh. <laughs> Well, for Sage last year, it was like a bigger, more exhausting thing than I normally do. They are really into this ropes course called um, Spins Hudson up near where their grandmother lives, where my mom lives up in Westchester. And they love it. And it's like one of these big places that has this huge, amazing ropes course that you can do, plus laser tag and like a video game arcade. So I loaded like 10 kids into two different minivans or whatever, and we drove them an hour up to Westchester and then spent the whole day there and did birthday gifts and like drove everybody back. It was a long day, but it was actually, it was really fun. And I think that's actually one of the things about birthdays with older kids that we forget. They can do stuff more on their own. You don't have to be on top of them all the time. You're not worried about kids like not being able to cut their food or stabbing each other with knives or you know like there's something kind of nice about it so even though the tastes may get more expensive and the social aspects may get more complicated I actually kind of enjoy the stuff they're doing and watching them socialize and not having to kind of hover and be involved nonstop every second of the party it's so great it really is great and you know what I've started doing and this is not for everyone because I know that there are friends and grandparents who really love to give a physical gift. But if you do have friends and family who like to gift your kids something on their birthdays, I have started saying, hey, listen, this is what my child really wants to do. They really want to see a Broadway show or they really just want to do this kind of expensive thing with their friends. Would you be willing to give them money for their birthday that we can put towards the activity? And that's what we've been doing. The grandparents, like, you know, friends who tend to give them gifts. And it's worked out really well. I know it's not for everyone because I know there are people out there 
I know firsthand, who absolutely must give a gift. Yeah. But if you don't have that person and they're willing to do something like that, I say go for it because... That's nice. It's yeah. like what they do for weddings now where people ask for just... Con- they're like older when they get married. They're like, we already have dishes. We already got the china. We don't need that stuff. Like contribute towards the honeymoon or towards, you know, vacation. Or I think that's like a cool idea, actually. That's really smart. Now, what kind of traditions do you have? I know that you tend to go out to eat with everybody, but do you have any kind of fun, quirky or silly, cool things that you do? Besides the eating the whipped cream out of the can? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, okay, so this isn't silly, but one thing, and my mom started this since the kids were one year old, she gives them each a check written to their 529 funds for their birthday. So that is like every year for their birthday. It's the guaranteed me crying for 10 minutes while I'm like, my kids may get to go to college. <laughs> so that's a tradition. They, they usually get a small gift plus a donation for college. And so I've tried to raise them to understand that that's the best gift of all, even if it's not the like, you know, Nintendo game they wanted. <laughs> and in fact, you'll see that in our birthday gift guide and in our holiday gift guides every year, we always put that down as an option. The other thing that I'm finding they're really liking these days is a gift card. Yes. You know, same. as much as, you know, you and I used to be kind of like anti-gift cards, we're like, give a gift, not a gift card. I've realized as I've gotten older and learned more because, you know, we knew everything about parenting when our kids were two and three, right, Crystal? Yes, we did. <laughs> we knew it all. Kids don't have a lot of disposable income, if any. And so for them to get $20 to Hot Topic or Barnes & Noble or Starbucks or the Bubble Tea Place or 10 bucks or 5 bucks. It's a really big deal and exciting for them to have their own money to go spend. So that's been another tradition, too, is they tend to get gift cards. And then it kind of extends the birthday where we go out together and, like, figure out what to buy at Barnes & Noble or, you know, what they want to order at Amazon or whatever it is that they've gotten from people. But I don't know if there's, like, a wacky tradition. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) So my family has a thing with greeting cards. We always have. This is more with my dad and my stepmother. Ever since even... My brother and I were kids. There would be like way too many uh, greeting cards for any occasion. So on Father's Day, for example, we'll like sit down with my dad and we'll give him a card at the table. And then like five minutes later, someone slips him another card. And then 10 minutes later, there's another card and like he ends up with like 12 cards. And some are funny and some are serious. So we have like a kind of overdoing it on the cards that is a tradition that now the kids are included in as well. Cards are a big deal for us because I feel like long after they forget the toy that they had or stop playing with the slime or whatever, <laughs> Or else right. they're going to keep those cards and they'll treasure them one day. They don't know it yet, but like I look back at the cards my grandmother gave me years ago when she was alive and it's really special to me to see those. So cards are a big deal, but they're mostly very silly. So there's a tradition of getting someone the most ridiculous card. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, traditions don't have to be expensive. I think that's what's so special about traditions and rituals is that you could, they can be whatever you want them to be. And if there are listeners out there with younger kids, our advice to you is start traditions that are cheap. <laughs> yeah, like so. like with my kids, there's always one fart or poop joke card in every birthday collection. That's great. Cards are cheap. We started the tradition of doing big, huge bundles of balloons and now, like, you know, I my oldest Aww. is 15 and this year she wasn't even really going to be home for her birthday, so I just got her one balloon and then I felt bad because I'm like, oh, we usually do like a bunch of balloons and then she's like, so if you're out there and you have a baby or a toddler and you're listening to us right 
right now, do a tradition that's like really easy and cheap. Like here's a handmade card or, you know, have like a cute little birthday crown. <laughs> Don't do like the $400 balloon bundle. Yeah. Some people also do the, you know, the photo of their kid in the same place in the same position every year. That's so fun. Then, Something like that. You know, that. by the time your kid turns 18 and goes off to college, you put together the world's most cry-inducing slideshow where you dissolve from like one picture to the next through the eyes, right? Yes. And they're one, two, three, four, all the way up through the years. I did not have it together enough to do something like that. But I like things like that too. I know it's like a little Pinteresty, but I think there's cool ideas like that too that make the day special. Even if the kids don't see it as special, it'll be special to you. And one day when they get older, it will be special. It will be special for sure. You know, sure. my mom did that for us when my brother and I each turned 21. She had a video made. This is back in like the Stone Ages when it was like very complex to go have a company put together a video for you from all the slides and photos that she had over the years. And she put together this beautiful, like with sappy music, like four minute, this is your life kind of video story for each of us when we turned 21. And it was so special and awesome. You know, these days you have access to iMovie for free. I know. <laughs> you can do that in a couple of do seconds. Really it doesn't easily. involve massive amounts of IT people. You know, the other thing is just giving your kids more choice on their birthday. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier about choosing your special dinner or choosing your dessert. But, you know, sometimes because kids don't often get to choose, you know, they go to school, then they go to their activities. And sometimes they're wearing school uniforms. They don't even get to wear their own clothes. So sometimes just allowing them to choose something, whether it's their breakfast or whatever they want to wear, or maybe like letting them choose what you wear or something crazy, I think it's kind of fun. That is and fun. And it's, it's empowering yeah. to them. And I think it's their special day. Well, that's like our, our dessert thing. I mean, it doesn't have to be cake, you guys. Yeah. Like my kids are, I don't know, they're like weird New York kids. Thalia's like, I want salted caramel macarons from this one place uptown. I'm like, oh my God, you're like the world's most Brooklyn kid. <laughs> yeah, that's what she wanted. The truth is it's like cheaper. It's not like a huge cake. Like she'd much rather have two really good macarons that are salted caramel than like a whole cake. Or she wants like mini key lime pies or she wants a key lime pie her grandma made her. Or my other daughter loves my dad's peanut brittle that's homemade. We have the recipe, by the way, on Cool Mom Eats. Ooh. Paul Gumbiner's famous peanut brittle perfected over 20 years. I remember that. Yes, yeah. So sometimes they want special. that for their birthday. And so like I think we have to remember that most kids are like satisfied being recognized. Yes. And it's not really about the price of the gift. And one thing I hear parents talk about a lot is, well, I got them this big thing last year, and this year they'll think it's small. Or like we talked about earlier about equity between siblings, that our kids don't always see the price value of gifts the way we do. You know, I have one kid that would be really happy with a giant bag of like $9.99 off-gassing included made-in-China squishies. <laughs> like She's very happy with those things. To her, that would be a huge, awesome birthday gift. And it doesn't have to be tickets to Hamilton. And the funny thing is, if the other kid did get, well, maybe not tickets to Hamilton, but let's say she got like a big expensive Hamilton sweatshirt, the first kid would still think that her gift was awesome because it was the squishy she loves and that feels very indulgent to her. So so I think sometimes we like put a cost on things that we don't have to, that kids don't see. We don't have to worry about them being concerned like, oh, you didn't get me an expensive gift this year. When you have teens and tweens, they're a little more conscious. Like if you have teens who want AirPods, they're going to know if you got them like the eight 
$8.99 Amazon special earbuds, right? Like sometimes the branding is important. But I do think for the most part, something they want, something they get to choose, like you're saying, a gift card that acknowledges this is your favorite store. That's very meaningful to kids. And I think we need to stop thinking about the price of things. Like I want to spend X on a gift. Like maybe we can start from a different place, which is what does my kid love? What would they value? What makes them feel special today? Absolutely. And certainly there are folks that might not be able to spend a lot on a gift, you know, and that's perfectly fine. I think starting your kids off if they're younger with that expectation is always great. And I love this idea of not thinking about, I mean, listen, we're privileged enough to be able to think that we can say we don't have to think about a budget, (laughs) right? Like we can just be like, oh, believe me, I'm thinking about a budget. (laughs) Right. You know, but I think we can say, don't worry necessarily about how much the gift costs, but certainly like people do. But I think start your kids off with a mind that being special isn't necessarily about what you get. Feeling special and being heard and being acknowledged is way beyond that. Like, it's just not about what you unwrap at the table. It's about people celebrating you and who you are and being with you. So start early. I mean, that's what I keep saying. But I just feel like when people find themselves in a difficult situation is when they've held up a very high standard for many years. And they're like, I don't understand why my teen wants to have this huge party. And I'm like, but have you had huge parties? Like, (laughs) Well, it also, I think it's also where you live and what the expectation is. So, I mean, I remember in preschool, there were kids that had like birthday parties on the USS Intrepid or like at the Bronx (laughs) Zoo. Like, you know, everyone's trying to like pick something new and fresh. Yes. Meanwhile, my kids looking back, they couldn't tell you one three-year-old birthday party they went to. They don't remember any of them, all that money. And so I think depending where you live, like I look at the way some kids do bat mitzvahs or confirmation parties or sweet 16s, and they can be very extravagant in some neighborhoods. And it's hard when your kid feels like they're not keeping up with that. Yeah, of course. Um, Really hard. And that presents its own problem. I mean, like, what would you do if every kid in your daughter's new high school is like having some huge sweet 16 and you feel like that's not something you can do right now? I mean, that's just something that I would be honest with her about. I mean, my kid wouldn't give one crap about it, honestly. Like, that that (laughs) would be her worst nightmare. Quinlan's worst nightmare would be a huge blowout sweet 16. But I think it's also the teaching moment, right? It's a teaching moment to talk to your kids and be like, this is our family values. And I think what we need to do more of is just talk about these celebrations, whether it's the holidays, whether it's birthdays, whatever it is, talk about them from a family value point of view. Like, this is what we value as a family. We value time together. We value experiences. We value family. And that's where our energy is going to be spent. It stinks that we won't be able to afford to give you, you know, a a pretty much close to a wedding like a sweet 16 birthday party. But as a family, that doesn't fit into our values. If you want something like that, you're welcome to throw it on your own. (laughs) And you can work really hard to earn that money. But like, this is what we're doing. And I empower my kids. I'm like, hey, Ask your grandparents, like, if you really want to do something like that and it's really important to you, then you can figure out a way to make it happen. Go get a job. Go get a job. Yeah, go ask your grandparents. Go, <laughs> well, you know, let me, go figure as it out. As long as we're talking about what other kids do, here's, like, a, a tough topic I want to switch a little bit. Yeah. Which is how social media factors into birthday celebrations as your kids get older. Because I know my kids are very aware when they look on Instagram yep. and they're like, oh, so-and-so is having a party and everyone's there. Yeah, and, and I'm. Yep. Have you had to deal with that? Oh, yeah. 
firsthand. It wasn't a birthday. It was actually an end-of-year party, and my son was very friendly with this boy. In fact, the boy came to his birthday celebration. He was throwing an end-of-school party, and most of the kids in my son's class, like all the kids they hung out with, were invited, and Drew was not invited. And I was shocked. I was shocked. And you could tell, like, he tried to pretend that he wasn't upset about it, but you could see that he was very upset by it. And I don't know, you know, it's, I don't want to be gender stereotypical in the ways that girls and boys deal with things because you can't go across the board. But my girls tend to like talk about stuff and vent and cry, and my son doesn't. You know, he just kind of gets annoyed. He goes and plays video games and he deals with it that way. I think that's a pretty good generalization. It was actually. so awful. It was so awful. And I'm I just, so sorry. yeah, because here's the thing Then he's looking at photos, like you said, of everyone at this party on Instagram, because he's friends with all of them. And he follows all of them on Instagram. You know what, you know, I just asked him, I was like, what, how are you feeling about this? Uh, he said, well, you know, it just stinks because all of my friends are there. And, you know, I invited him to my birthday. But he also did state that they hadn't been as close lately, like they hadn't mm-hmm. been as friendly. So I, I don't know if he was as surprised that he wasn't invited. But it still hurts. It and still hurts. When you're a kid, still hurts. Even if you get it or understand it, it doesn't take away those feelings, which are completely legit. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we've had to deal with that a lot as well. And oh, without getting to a whole other podcast topic that we should cover another time. <laughs> now that I'm done with the middle school, I can speak more freely, Krista. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. There were some girls there that were not nice. That's as kind as I can put it. <laughs> and they kind of weaponized social media as a way to be like, look how much fun we're having, all of you who follow us that aren't here. Like, I think I was kind of blindsided. I know that can happen. I've seen eighth grade. I read everything. We write about tech. But like, when it really happens to your kid, it sucks. And same thing, like, even though my daughter wasn't necessarily friends with these kids, all her friends were at the parties. And it's hurtful and it's mean. And so because of that, I have encouraged her if she's doing a birthday thing with friends, not to Instagram it or just share it with close friends. Like, you know what? Maybe you don't need to put this all out there for everybody else because think about how you felt. It's a great point because let's be honest, like as adults, we still deal with that. We dealt with it without social media. Now we deal with it more. Like there's FOMO happening no matter how old you are. Oh, totally. I'll be like, hey, when did you tell me you were coming to New York and going out with all my friends and didn't tell me? And they'd be like, oh my God, I forgot. Exactly. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. We have better coping skills though than our teens or preteens. We do. We do. But it still hurts. And I think acknowledging that is the first thing we can do like that really stinks and it's nothing that we can necessarily fix for them but I think it's also I kind of just say just remember how that feels and let's make sure that we're not doing that to somebody else you know like we're just not we're not going to do that and I have to be honest like I get annoyed with the parents because in particular like that parent like I see her all the time I saw her all the time it's not like I didn't know her at all and I would have been like hey, how come so-and-so is not coming to your party, son? You know what I mean? Like, how come Drew isn't invited? Like, I would have said the same for her It's hard not to step in and I know, I know, know? I know. I know. There's parts of me that want to jump in and be like, hey, Mrs. Parent, 
I was just wondering what that was about. But then I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Goodbye. We're not going to see you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to jump in. But (laughs) if I saw a guest list and I hadn't seen his name on it, like not this friend, I would have been like, oh, why isn't so-and-so invited? Like, what's going on, Drew? Like, why isn't he coming? You know, like, but that's just me. And I realize that not all parents are like that. But I would never intervene. Like, I'm not going to call a parent up and be like, why isn't my son invited to the party? Because that's just going to make it for thousand times worse but that's a great point it's a tricky thing like the whole invite everyone in your class rule was kind of good (laughs) (laughs) because you didn't have to deal with this like you didn't have to deal with this stuff but then there's the extreme of this which is i mean we've all seen this on like that mtv show my what was it called like my big fat crazy dumbass sweet 16 or something (laughs) Uh, i think that was like second season no i'm just kidding yeah and and so there are kids who still pass out invitations in the classroom and um you can see that they make it a point to walk past you it's like freaking mean girls like right out of the movie there's still kids that do that that's all like again it's like parenting values i would never let my kid pass out invitations you know like in a school setting or when there are other kids around like seriously like whatever that's what email's for right right texting like technology is great yeah i mean again i think it just comes to like what your values are and teaching your kids from a very young age like raising them up in a way you know it's difficult like for a while my kids really wanted a party because they would go and kids would be getting like 30 gifts right and they would be opening them in front of everybody and it looked really fun and you can't really blame them right it's like mom why can't we have a party so i can get like tons of gifts because we just don't do a lot of gifts we've talked about it before on spawn like we do a lot of travel. We do a lot of experiences. Like my kids get a lot of things throughout the year. They have whatever they need and probably most of what they want. So we just don't. So for a while, they were looking at kids at parties who are opening all these gifts and they're like, I want a party. And I'm like, Mm, that's just not how we function. Like, we don't need all those things. What are we going to do with all those things? We don't have room for all those things. So that's just not what we do. Yeah, I've hit the we don't need a gift stage of things. Like, I feel like my kids are blessed to have what they need. And you know what means the most to them? It's the cards. It goes back to the cards. When my daughter had friends that made really, really funny cards for her that were all filled with, like, inside jokes and references. Like, she loves the office. And one friend, like, made some crazy office card for her. Like, that meant so much to her because, going back to our original point, it showed that they know her and that they get who she is. The other thing is they do – this is very interesting. She has some kind of online Instagram friends through a shared love of art in particular and fan art for certain Broadway shows or musicals or TV shows or Marvel or things like that. And so she and a good friend, like, made each other art like honoring their friendships together as a trading birthday gift. And I thought that was so cool. And it wasn't about the money, but the time she spent into it, the energy, like it gave her so much joy to give the friend the gift that she had made, the art, that I thought that's a good lesson that when other people are doing that for her, think of how good that person is feeling and all the energy they're putting into making this for you. And so I talk to her about that sometimes too. Like, you know, when she gets a gift from somebody, imagine them picking it out for you. Imagine them like walking up and down the aisles and thinking what you'd like. Like it's not about the value of the gift. It's that they put the effort into giving you something that wasn't just, you know, in the back of the regifting closet. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that. And I don't, I mean, do you think people are doing party bags anymore? I feel like that was a little kid thing. Like, I just overall, like, I just completely skip them. No, I think that was a little kid thing. Yeah, I, think, I don't feel like. You know where they do it? The, like, bat mitzvahs. For some reason, everybody does a sweatshirt these days. And it's really? like, Josie's Holy bat moly. mitzvah. All right. And I'm like, when will anyone wear that again? Or that becomes, <laughs> really, that becomes also the, uh, like, okay, those of you with seventh and eighth graders, or if they haven't quite hit that yet, you will see. If you live in a neighborhood where there's enough Jewish kids who have bat mitzvahs, you will hit this phase in late seventh grade, early eighth grade, where kids start coming into school with the, like, you know, Benjamin's bar mitzvah or whatever, sweatshirts. And then your kid's like, oh, I'm the one kid who didn't go. It's weird. I get uncomfortable with anything that might make anyone else feel left out. Yeah, I'm the same way, but that's just us. <laughs> this is really judgy. This is really judgy. But I feel like my kid doesn't need some souvenir with somebody else's, like, name or face on it. <laughs> I don't even want stuff like that. Like, you know when you go to weddings and they give yes. you... Like, yes. once I went to a wedding and I got some, like, engraved keychain that was, like, so-and-so's wedding, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> That's really funny. I know. I just can't. I, I'm I'm that way, too, though. I'm that way, too. I, I don't know. I just I just can't. I, I think there might be some expendable income happening, so maybe it might be also just kind of like an attitude of keeping up with people. And so I think today here on Spawn, like, we're just trying to free you. We are setting you all free <laughs> from the shackles, you know, the birthday shackles that bind us. Be free, We are friends. setting you free from the birthday shackles <laughs> of gratuitous goodie bags. Yes. And all of it. Like, just do what makes sense for your family. And, you know, I just feel like... Whatever you believe in and value as a family, like start them young and they will get that. The one thing that I haven't done yet, but I think one of my kids would be really into this, is to host a party for a charity. And of course, you can just do it where people bring a gift or a toy and you donate them yes, to books. amazing I've, cause. I've been to parties where people did that where you were bringing a book and they were going to donate yes, that. Yes, I think that's amazing. I, that. I think it's awesome. I have a couple kids who would be super into that, but there is a charity. I actually recently spoke with the founder. Her name's Megs, and it's called Beverly's Birthdays. It's based in Pittsburgh, and they actually throw birthday parties for kids who have never had a birthday party, never eaten birthday cake. Um, oh, wow. at all. I know. It's Are they like kids in hospitals or kids in, um, kids in poverty yeah, or in foster yes. homes? Or? Absolutely. All of the all of those. Yeah. Wow. So homeless kids. Um, yeah. And so the founder was just tutoring this little girl and she was trying to reference something to help teach her and she referenced a birthday party and the little girl was like, I've never had a birthday party. I've never been to <gasps> one. And she oh, was God. horrified and so started this charity. Anyway, you can actually sign up to throw a birthday party where all the gifts that you are given are then donated to children who have never had a birthday party. I just love that concept. I mean, certainly you can do it on your own and not be affiliated with a specific charity, but the idea where you tell your child or a kid, someone you invited to the party and be like, hey, what you bring will be donated to someone who has never had a birthday party. That's wonderful. And I look, know. if anything is going to stop you from having to spend tons of money at Oriental yes. Trading on crap for the goodie bags, <laughs> it's knowing that you could put that money towards something better and the parents will be grateful too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't absolutely. need to bring them that stuff either. I don't need like one more folding plastic fan or little Indian and cowboy figures or <laughs> like whatever they do that's like themed with the party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, some of this stuff does apply to younger kids. And listen, we have a birthday gift guide. Like we love giving 
giving birthday gifts. We I we love getting birthday Wait, gifts. Wait, I admit so. that is actually a challenge for me. I want to be really clear. Even though we talk about like, yeah, we keep it simple and we keep it light. I yeah. love giving gifts and I yes. have to stop myself sometimes. <laughs> like I'll get Thalia, like for Christmas last year, I got her gifts to go to this cabaret to see one of her favorite Broadway people, Joey Connors and, and George Salazar, were performing a show. They were from Be More Chill and they were doing a cabaret style show. And so I got her the tickets for her Christmas gift. And then, of course, because that thing is happening three months later, I'm like, oh, I should also get her like this shirt she'd I love. And, oh, I it's find fun this so to be generous. It's fun. I love yes. giving gifts. So some of this is also kind of like a cautionary tale for me personally. Yeah. Like it's helping me think about how to cut back and where my money can go better and how to like teach kids to be more mindful because as much as my kids don't, I don't think feel like they need a lot of stuff. I really do like shopping for other people. <laughs> me too. So, you know, obviously we've got this birthday gift guide. It's got gifts for kids like first birthday all the way up through teens. We'll link that up. We'll link everything else that we talked it's about. It's so good, by the way. It really it's is. It's so good. It it's is so good. thoughtful. Like our yes. editors who worked on this put so much time into it. It really is like more than 150 of the best gifts for every single kid by age. And I will say the most popular pages so far have been the tween gifts and the teen gifts because I think that's so hard to find. It's easier to find like a great, you know, gift for a two-year-old. We're really proud of the stuff in there. We hope you'll check it out at coolmompics.com. It's right at the top. It says ultimate birthday party gift guide and um, you'll definitely find great ideas and look there's the big splurges in there and then there's also the you know activities and the donations and the other stuff too so there's something for everybody absolutely all right well we will be right back with our cool picks of the week after this so liz Kristen, i cannot wait <laughs> to get my hands on our sponsor's new book. It's called Don't Wait Up, and it's supposed to be a candid and hilarious collection of essays, and you know how much we love to laugh here on Spawn. And I love essay books because I am one of those people who admittedly never gets enough full books into my life. Like, I can scan through nonfiction really quickly, but when it's like a novel or a long memoir, I kind of like put it down and forget about it and come back to it. So I love the idea of a collection of short essays that are all funny that I can pick up and put down and not feel guilty Clearly, she gets parenting. I know. Well, Liz Astroff, who, by the way, is the award-winning television comedy writer and producer of Two Broke Girls and The King of Queens. I love both of those shows. And she is just trying to, like... Be super honest and share the realities of motherhood. We know a little bit something about that. <laughs> uh, in a funny, awesome, I guess, very, I don't know, it's honest, but also very touching. They describe it as soul-bearing, Liz. Soul-bearing. And we love supporting women authors, obviously, and especially women comedy writers. That is a tough field to be in, so I'm really excited that they're supporting us, and we get to support them right back. Basically, in the book, she embraces the realities of motherhood and womanhood because guess what? Moms are women too. That no one talks about. Like needing to hide from your kids in your closet, <laughs> in your car, in your yoga class, on the other side of town. <laughs> Basically, it's an entire book about how to hide from your kids. No, it's not. It's also about letting them eat candy for dinner because you just can't deal or the sheer terror of failing them or at the very least losing them in a mall and sometimes wondering if the whole parenting thing was not for you in the first place. I think a lot of us can relate to this. Yeah, definitely. And 
And it says here, which I love, that if you loved Let's Pretend This Never Happened, which is a book by our friend. Yay, Jenny Lawson. Jenny Lawson. Then you will love this. I like when they do that, don't you, Liz? Because I feel like if I see a book that I've read, it's hard to find new books. So here at Spawned, we love to recommend books. So, But it's nice to see a title that you recognize because you're like, oh, I did like that book. So if, exactly. if you like Jenny's book, then you're going to love this. You can get it on pre-order now at Amazon.com. So go ahead and do that. It's available July 30th where you're going to have it in your hands so you can read it at your favorite bookstore. So pre-order Don't Wait Up at Amazon.com or get it in your hands right now, July 30th. Okay, it is now time for our Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Liz, my pick. I'm so excited about this. I never knew about Mama P toothbrushes. Oh, that's your pick. I'm so happy. Yes. I had no idea. Okay, first of all, rainbow toothbrush. Okay, and we're talking like rainbow Rainbow bristles. bristles. Yeah. Yes. So awesome. And they actually support a great cause. Like, I feel, I know I've gotten excited about toothbrushes on the show before. They've been our cool pick of the week before, at least mine. So I know you say that we don't normally get excited about toothbrushes. I do. But I was (laughs) super excited about these toothbrushes. What a great idea. They're so cute. You could actually give these as gifts. I'm not kidding. That's how adorable they are. And they support a great cause. Each of the colors represent a different kind of cause. And I'm all for this. Like, I think I've already, I don't know how many I put in my shopping cart because I just couldn't stop myself. I'm so so glad you picked that. I I will be honest, like this time of year, the summer, is when all of the PR agencies hold these huge events to show you all the cool new stuff for the holidays because the magazines are like putting their Christmas issues to bed in, you know, August. Right now, I'm like so busy scouring all of these shows and looking for cool stuff that we can write about on Cool Mom Picks. When I saw the toothbrushes, I was like, I'm running back to write about them. And I think we were the first media to actually cover them. So check out Uncle Mom Picks, Mama P Toothbrushes. Oh, it's like a great so story. Cute. It's a cool company. They're all bamboo. It's really sustainable. They even have instructions like how to recycle them or upcycle them, or um, you can exchange them for a discount for your next one. They're so, like, they're really cool. They are. And you can subscribe and then save, which is awesome. So then you'll continue to get a toothbrush probably like every three or four months, I think is generally what they tell you to change your toothbrush. So that is so awesome. And now everybody knows why we do cool mom picks because we still, after all these years, legit get excited when we discover cool Yes, I know. I know. We get very excited (laughs) about things. All right. What about you, Liz? Okay. So this is a discovery I found from another press event. I (laughs) went to this crazy event this week called the Sweet Sweet. Oh, Like sweet, like sweets and sweet like a big room. And it's basically a room filled with like every kind of plastic crappy toy you can imagine. That's awesome. (laughs) And then a few great ones hidden in between. So there were like tons of brands there. There was a lot of really cool stuff. Like I have a big list of all cool stuff that I want to cover for the holidays. But I have to be honest... The thing that I think was the biggest hit, and people who follow Cool Mom Picks on Instagram saw me modeling this. There is this, like, ridiculous, as-seen-on-TV type, like, you might have even seen the cheesy ads, this product called the Blinger. And it looks almost like a Viewmaster meets a, like, one of those label printers. And the Blinger puts, like, little jewels throughout your hair. It's like almost like a stapler and it goes it's so funny. And you can just put like all these little sequins almost in your hair. It was so cool looking. I kept mine in for two days. 
every single person at this event, male, female, kids, adults, had it in their hair. It's under 20 bucks at Target. We'll link it up on our site. I swear it's not the kind of thing I normally gravitate to. I'm normally like, ooh, art supplies or, oh, look, handmade bamboo blocks. But I was like, I need a blinger. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Yeah. So if you look on our website, you can see me modeling like the golden ones, but they have all different colors. It's so cool. I think a lot of kids are really going to want it this holiday. I'm telling you, you're hearing it here first. It's going to be a very hot holiday pick. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, as always, remember that we link everything that we talk about over on coolmompicks.com on our podcast page. And you can always reach out to us. We love hearing from you. You can tweet us at coolmompicks. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and drop us an email, spawned at coolmompicks.com. All right, Liz. Well, that's it. Another episode of Spawn. That was so fun. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. And huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. We really appreciate your reviews. Thank you so much for leaving us a five-star review. When you do that and you subscribe and download our episodes, it actually helps other folks find us. And for that, we are extremely grateful. And hey, don't forget, we're having so much fun in our Spawn podcast community on Facebook. You know, we have three communities now that are so fun and driving, <laughs> and they're keeping us really busy. Yes, they are. So we have our Spawn community just for Spawn listeners, where you kind of get like first tip about our episodes that drop. You can ask us questions about the episode or behind the scenes questions if you really want to know what Evangeline Lily was like after we interviewed her. That's like a good place to do it. We've also got Out Tech Your Kids, which is blown up completely so if you want to find a cool safe space that's tech positive to talk about raising digital kids responsibly we've got out tech your kids and then we've got recipe rescue which is all about every kind of thing from like crazy foods that we've seen on the store shelves to like funny food memes to like help i have tons of quinoa what can i do with it? <laughs> um, a problem nobody wants to have <laughs> <laughs> you can find them all through the cool mom fix facebook page and we'd be happy to have you join any or all of them. They're good places to be and like really nice friendly spaces. No trolling allowed. There's not too much of that left on the internet these days, but we run a tight ship. Yes, we do. Well, thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.